You are listening to The Benchcast with your hosts, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Hey guys, Coach Ben here, and you are listening to The Benchcast. And we are here talking with my good friend here, Keith O'Dell. Uh, part of the Gorilla Pack lifting team. And I've been meaning to do this interview for a while now. I went down, trained with these guys. I was able to interview Big Rich, uh, but I wanted to talk to Keith O'Dell because he is the nutritionist over there, uh, pretty much getting everyone eating good. Um, he knows a lot about nutrition. And I think that's something that's really important in powerlifting has helped me a lot. So we are going to talk to him today. And hopefully, we will get some great knowledge bombs for him on how we can clean up our diet and improve our performance. So, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? Very good, guys. How's it going today? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Been meaning to do this for a while, but I know uh, first we couldn't get the hook up, and then uh, you know I was gone for a little bit, but now I'm back, and I'm glad we're able to get this interview together. A long time coming. Yep. So, like I said, you helped me out a ton uh, going into, it was actually the meet I did my biggest bench at yet, and that was 710, um, and you played a profound role in that. I do believe I, I cleaned up my diet better than I ever have, um, eating really, really good. I was not passing out after every meal, which is usually the traditional case. I will eat a big old meal, um, and then I will just crash after, but you know, you had me eating some really good stuff, and I was feeling a lot better. I uh, was able to stay energized all day. And the great thing is you don't need as much coffee, monsters, all that stuff to stay awake all day because now you're eating good and you're not passing out every time. I think the best part of it is that he ate better and he got rid of a lot of shit. Yeah, Elvis knows. He would see me. He'd come into the gym. Um, I'd, I'd come in with pizzas, Burger King. Frozen pizzas. Fro- little frozen pizzas, and then everyone was wondering what was going on. They were thinking I was dieting down and all this stuff. Um, and I was like, no, Keith just got me eating good now, and I had all my stuff packed. And uh, But anyways, wanted to um, you know, delve into how you first got into the whole nutrition thing, that realm. So, uh, so Nick, since I've been young, I've, I've been to athletics, um, and we're talking about I've probably participated in every high school sport you could imagine. With that being said, my brother was a very natural athlete. Uh, he was taller than I am. He was faster than I am. And, and just things came so much more natural to him. You know, he, uh, you know, he's in like 10th grade. He could run the 100 meters in like 11-2 with, without doing anything. Uh, but, you know, for, for me being a, a five foot, you know, six, five foot seven guy on, on an average day, I wasn't built the same way. And I did cross country running, cross country skiing, track and field, hockey, downhill skiing. I mean, I've, I've done every sport. And the the issue is, is that my brother did the same sports as I did, right? And the the deciding factor for me was if I didn't figure things out, I was just going to get beat by him all the time, which I was. And, uh, you know, so I, I started really diving into to educating myself at a real young age, probably like 14, 15. I picked up my first book. It was called Total Nutrition. And uh, it was a thousand pages long. And I, I read the book in two weeks. 
and, uh, and, and then I grabbed my next book. And then, uh, you know, when, when the, uh, when the internet started to come around, I realized that I think we're giving away age here. <laughs> yeah, we, we sure are. When the internet really started hitting, you know, I, I figured out that a lot, a lot of the books and things I was reading was contradicting each other. And I was like, man, this thing is like really confusing. And, you know, and I went, uh, you know, when, when I was in my, my late teens, like 1920, I got my first certification for nutrition, but still like the, the, the stuff I was looking at through the certifications and the books I was seeing and these articles I was reading in muscle and fitness and all these different types of things, it was all different and it was confusing as hell. Yeah. I imagine you get the information overload from all those different places. Oh man. You know, one says eat this, you know, drink, drink four glasses of milk a day. Another one says don't drink milk because dairy is high in acid. And then, you know, another one will say, have 40% carbs, but the other one to say carbohydrates, your body can't tell the difference between carbs and sugar. So don't eat carbohydrates, right? But the next one would say you need carbohydrates to burn fuel and so on and so forth. But what I figured out is that um, a place like WebMD, where things are researched clinically, and, you know, put together by doctors, rather than some just lifter who came up with the diet, or some athlete who came up with like some strange diet that they, you know, they had some weird success with. The reality is, is that, you know, the, the, the professionals that actually chemically and, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a setting where it makes sense and they do clinical trials on hundreds of different people, I'm going to trust that information a lot more than I'm going to trust some random book writer who has really good genetics or different types of builds of genetics where their diet might work for them and, and, and a few people here and there. Um, so the reality was getting into it by the time, you know, by the time just from reading those books, which were contradicting each other, but just cleaning my diet up to the point with taking bits of pieces of each one. By the time I was in uh, 11th grade, I'd finished fourth place in New York state and triple jump. Uh, and I, w- I was state ranked in skiing and I felt really good and, and I trained really hard. And I actually ended up tying my brother uh, for the school record. And since then, I've been like, you know, I'm not born with it. So my diet and, and, and the things I'm putting into my body, they're my deciding factor, you know, on top of training and the normal stuff. But, you know, if you and I train the same or if my brother and I trained the same and I ate clean, even though he was genetically born with more, you know, muscle separation and strength and whatever, my diet would make up for that gap. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a huge focus of mine, man, for, you know, well over 20 years now. Yeah. That's awesome that you have that uh, story of you versus your brother. Um, Cause that's true. You know, even, you had matching genetics and, and, you know, something's got to be the deciding factor and you made it nutrition. So, um, you know, that's, that's really awesome how you were able to catch up to him and even tie him, um, by means of nutrition. You can just tell how impactful that is, um, you know, at least for athletics too. But now that you're, uh, transitioned over to powerlifting and how long you've been powerlifting, so I've been powerlifting uh, competitively since I was 19. 
uh, I started lifting when I was eight years old. Uh, yeah, yeah, not nothing heavy. My my father and my uncle, I I would come home uh, from from school when I was in like pre kindergarten and kindergarten, and uh, they they would be lifting in, in what was our dining room. And man, I, you know, I wanted to be like my father, right? Like every other kid. And, uh, you know, they had, uh, again, like the muscle and fitness magazines. And, you know, it, it was just such such a big part of my father's life that, you know, I, I wanted to be a replica of him. So I used to grab small dumbbells and start, you know, lifting with those and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I benched 100 pounds when I was in third grade. And, uh, but I've, I've, I've always loved it, you know, but started competing when I was 19 uh you know right out of high school yeah and, and how old are you now i'm going to be 37 so i mean that's a good 20 something years now right yes sir yes sir about 20 years so how large of a role do you think nutrition's played in your success in the lifting realm and do you have any examples of that for, for me it's a ton uh, i it's 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 so much nick that it's, it's it's, it's kind of crazy, man. Um, it's not just, you know, you know, <clears throat> when I'm not eating a clean diet, which listen, we, we all give ourselves a little break here and there, right? Because, you know, the, the reality is you can't stay on a clean diet every day, every minute, every meal for your entire life. It's not realistic. So, you know, we do small breaks, we do cheat days, we do cheat meals, we'll do, you know, may, maybe a cheat week. And when, when, when I'm not, eating clean. I don't, I don't even want to go to the gym. Uh, I'm, I'm more tired. Uh, I'm worn out. It, it, it obviously affects um, my performance. There, there are some some people that uh, we lift with on the Gorilla Pack, uh, Mike Fayette and Kelly Duffy, especially when their diets aren't on, you can see it in their skin color. And I'm talking about 20 to 30 pound drops off their bench just from a few weeks of not being on top of it. Uh, it's, it's insane. Uh, when, when you, you know, man, what you put into your body is what your body's burning. That's what we're using. That that's, what's going to our brain. You know, I mean, that's, it's what's fueling us. If you put diesel in a gasoline powered car, it's just not going to run period. Right. And it's, it's no different than us, man. You know, our body really calls for specific things. And if we're not giving it to it and we're filling it with a bunch of junk, uh, we're, we're not going to perform. Yeah, I definitely hear you there. And I've, I've felt that firsthand as well. Um, when you were helping me out, that was still to date, uh, the best I felt out of meat. Um, thinking on training too, I was handling weights that I've never handled before. Uh, and I was feeling a lot better. It's, it's true that you totally feel different when you're cleaning things up. And if you can stay consistent with it, which uh, is the hard part in today's world because we got so many temptations. I know Elvis's is the donuts. Uh, he cannot stay away from those donuts. Um, but we got so much right at our fingertips, and a lot of it's cheap too. I mean, you can run over to Burger King, grab a delicious burger for a buck, you know. So it's tough to avoid those things sometimes. But uh, if you can – really uh, barrel down and, and meal prep and, and eat these good clean foods that we're going to get into. We're going to talk about what foods you like to see a lifter eat um, really makes a ton of difference and you feel good all day. Like there's no crash. 
before it's like every meal I can expect a crash and I would need something, coffee, monster, something like that to pick me up. And then I'm sure you'll go into why those things aren't good for you as well. But it's just a vicious cycle and you just feel tired all day. And it's true. No motivation to go to the gym. You're not, you know, lifting the weights that you're expecting to lift. And uh, I can definitely speak to that firsthand. Uh, but that's crazy how you can notice in their color, their skin as well, and, and just the drops in their performance. Uh, so I wanted to talk about those specific foods um, that you're alluding to, just in case anyone listening is not sure uh, exactly what to be eating. I know when we were working together, you had a whole little food list, and I actually would print that out. And I would bring it grocery shopping with me, and I would just get things off that specific list to make it real simple. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what foods are on that list and, and why these foods are good for us? Yeah, man. So I'll, there, there's, there's a lot. So there's a couple of different ways, you know, as I, I, I write some nutrition plans. And there's two different types of people, right? There's there's types of people who can follow a plan to a T every day of their life, and then there's people who cannot but they can still eat specific things and, and, and still clean it up a little bit you know so this food list what i'll do is i'll just throw this list and sometimes the list will change based on who it is so on and so forth you know um if, if somebody is uh uh somebody who's into endured sports you know we're going to add some some different types of carbohydrates in here but for the most part at least it's a base idea of some healthy foods to replace some of the garbage the the idea through this list, and I know this, like, so listen, the, you know, the vertical diet, right? Uh, it, it is fairly similar to the vertical diet. Uh, the vertical diet, they believe in uh, high sodium, um, which, uh, which, which I don't, for the reason that uh, if, if you have a high sodium diet, uh, it will actually, so there's studies done, like legitimate studies done, that if you have a super high sodium diet, in uh, a, a person's urine, if they do a urinalysis, there's a bunch of calcium that comes out with it. So if you go through the list here, you'll see high potassium, low sodium. And uh, high potassium, your, your heart, your heart needs potassium to function correctly, right? So if your heart and your body isn't functioning correctly, you're not going to be able to, to do anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you won't be able to live. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll just start with like some healthy fats in here, right? Some avocado, man. Uh, you know, avocado. We've got some good potassium in there, and and the reason we need fats in reality, uh, num number one, your 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 heart has it's surrounded by fats, right? And uh, and but number number two, you have fat soluble vitamins. So there, there are some specific vitamins that if you don't have fat in your diet, which you can see with, with some bodybuilders when they get close to uh, to competition day, some cut carbs really low, some completely cut fats out of their diet. The chicken breast. And yeah, correct. Diet. Correct. Yep. So um, yeah, I think a lot of people will hear fat and then they're like, well, fats are going to make me fat. I think that's a typical person will think that way. Um, but you're saying that's not the case. It's not right. So here's, here's, here's the thing with fats, right? And I'll run through this with you quickly. There's nine calories per gram of fat, right? And there's four calories per gram of protein and four calories per gram of uh, carbohydrate. So if you're on a lower fat diet, like real low, it's real easy to cut the carbs out. 
but you need fats is the things you're talking about here, but your body, your body needs fats to function. Like we need to be well-rounded. We need to have balance. And, uh, you know, so, so things like avocado, um, hummus, 86% dark chocolate, man, just, you know, it's cool. It's a, it's a really good snack too. When you're, when you're craving something sweet, but there is, there isn't much sugar in it at all. Um, organic peanut butter, almond butter. Um, you know, if you have to cook with some oils, you know, not, you know, there's, there's things that say extra virgin olive oil is good or bad for you. We know vegetable oil is bad for you, but you know, if you have to cook with some oil, use some extra virgin olive oil and getting those fats in your diet, man, you know, again, you're going to be absorbing some of these nutrients that we're also going to be putting into our body, which we'll be talking about later. Um, you know, you know, and then obviously we get into the protein section, right. And, you know, we're talking about salmon, which is great, full with omega-3s, which is great, you know, for the brain and the skin and the eyes and uh, keep keeping your your bad cholesterol down and your high cholesterol up. Egg white. Now, again, there's so much speculation on about if you're supposed to have the yolk or not. The reality is the, the cholesterol, which again, there's, there's going to be people saying, oh, it's okay to eat the yolk. No, it's not. I take the yolks out. Um, you know, if you use the egg whites, you get four to five grams of protein in it. It's very easily digested. Um, it's light. You know, it, it's it's not a it's not a heavy protein. It doesn't take a ton of time to digest. Grilled chicken, of course. I mean, we can't we can't go any farther than uh, talking about like a like a grilled chicken. And then, uh, I do have a question too. Um, so, if you are say a vegetarian, vegan, uh, what are some substitutions that get your protein in? It's tough, man. Uh, so the, that's, it's, that's like, we have a lot of vegans now at the gym. Uh, it seems to be just something that's like trending. Uh, everyone's just becoming a vegan all of a sudden, but, um, it, it must be very hard to try, especially as a lifter to meet that protein requirement. So if, if you're, if you're a lifter and you're trying to go vegan, you, and, and they can, the internet can kill me if they want to, it's going to be very difficult, man, because a lot of these substitutes, uh, you know, and like plant-based proteins and, and some of these things, man, they, um, they also can increase some of our, t uh, estrogen levels and, <clears throat> You know, you can talk about doing supplements and so on, but if you want to be a bodybuilder, powerlifter, and you want your muscles to recover and fuel up, listen, I'm not saying, you know, killing animals is a good thing or so on and so forth, but I will say they were put on the earth for a reason and our ancestors, you know, thousands of years back, that's all they had to live off of. Uh, and I mean, <clears throat> substituting is, <laughs> I don't know of a way to do it, with really, you know, if, if you want to be a lifter, I don't know if there's a good answer there. Uh, it's, it's tough, man. If, if, you, if you're not, it's just, yeah, not it's just, it's just really tough. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying, if you want to be a top of the line athlete, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to sit with a, uh, you know, a, uh, a vegan or a, uh, a power lifter or, you know, and, and see how the heck they would manage to do it. I don't know many of them. Do you? Uh, no, I know a lot of people are transitioning over to being vegan, but I don't personally know any top level. I'm sure there are, but you know, you always have those genetic freaks as well, but um, yeah, it, it must be very difficult. 
Um, and I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people just have that moral issue, but I think it's, it's more or less, I don't think they argue that we shouldn't be eating meat. It's more or less how we get our meat nowadays. But we are definitely, in my opinion as well, um, you know, that's something that's my dad used to go hunting for his dinner, you know, so that's just how we were kind of meant to to survive. Um, you know, meat is an important I, I, thing. Yeah, I, I, I grew up on venison and salmon and trout. And, you know, my, my father is huge into hunting and so on. And, and listen, I, I, I'm very happy with the way that I feel and the way that I look. I'm not trying to bash the vegans or anything like that. But I mean, I've sat with a vegan before. And they had a soup and the soup was made with like a beef broth and they start breaking out in sweats because their body's not used to it. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, if, 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 <laughs> if somebody wants to be a powerlifter, and, and I'm a very honest guy, man, if they came to me and they were like, hey, I'm a vegan and I want you to write a plan for me and I want to be a powerlifter, I would honestly say, hey, you really have to look in another place because it's very tough to write a plan <laughs> for somebody who, wa- who wants to be a high-level yeah, athlete right. without taking in some sort of, you know, me, uh, you know, and, and I very, you can work with somebody who doesn't want to eat red meat. Very, very simple, right? Because there, there's a ton of options. I mean, there's, there's fish and the, there's Greek yogurt, Greek yogurt, right? Which is like, uh, if you do the triple zero, it's like 15 grams of protein, very good by, for digestive and whey protein and, you know, skim milk. Although some say milk is as, you know, has a lot of acid, you know, they're, they're still good. And then you've got cottage cheese and like there, there's, if, if people don't want to go the red meat route, there's tons of great protein in there. But I mean, you know, me personally, uh, I, I don't do real, real high fat red meats, you know, because those those fats can uh, give us some high cholesterol and, and some, you know, some some uh, little uh, uh, issues with our uh, our good old blood vessels being uh, clotted. But, uh, you know, I, I'd let, I do the if I want some, some meat or ground beef or something it's a little bit drier, but I'll do like the, uh, you know, the, the 96 or 94%, uh, lean beef, um, you know, and go, go with the steak, you know, maybe, maybe once a week or so, but you know, I, I would suggest for, you know, for most, I mean, if, if you can do the fish and the egg whites and the yogurt and whey protein, which is obviously a, a great way to absorb protein and cottage cheese and things like that. I mean, they're just, they're just great. Yeah. Uh, so now that we covered, you know, fats, proteins, some different options there, I think where a lot of people end up getting in trouble uh, is in that right. carbs department. So what type of carbohydrates would you recommend to someone who uh, doesn't want to, you know, quote unquote, pass out like I did? So there is a lot of confusion out there with carbohydrates. So, all right, let me let me first explain this word to you. The word is carbohydrate right so what that means that hydrate part means that if we eat a lot of carbohydrates and we drink water which we're supposed to we're going to retain a little bit of water right because it actually it actually makes us stay hydrated which in reality is really good for an athlete now if you're doing a water load and some of those things obviously you cut down on the carbohydrates Let, let me go another step one thing that we know for sure is that processed carbohydrates, right, um, are, are really bad for us. So 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a quick story and, th and this will make some sense. So don't quote me on the time frame. I, I believe it was world war one. They were trying to ship grains. So we're talking, we're talking about like brown rice, right? They're, tr they're trying to ship grains to the U S troops. And every time the grains got to them overseas, they would be rotted. And <clears throat> this happened a bunch of times. And so the reality was our troops were starving, right? So we figured out yeah. that if we process these grains and make them white, so quote unquote, bleaching them for lack of a better term, it, it preserved those, those grains. So we could ship white rice over and white, you know, white, white processed grains over and our troops would have food that would last. So the average person walks into a grocery store, right? <clears throat> and they see a box of white grain, let's just say white rice, and they see a box of, uh, let's just say brown rice, right? Now, if you look at that box, that box is going to tell you that one cup or one serving of white rice is going to run you about 70 calories. And then if, if you look at the, the multi-grain or the brown rice, right, that's got like, you know, anywhere from 170 to 200 calories in it. And the first thing that we think is that, oh, this has got to be healthier, right? Because it's, you know, we're, we're stuck on like this less calorie thing. If you look yeah. at the nutritional facts, and, and Nick, this is, this is my, the biggest part here, man. If you look at the nutritional facts, so what goes into your body, what, what your body's using, what they're taking out is all the good stuff, vitamin K, protein, like just if you Google search nutritional values in white rice and nutritional values in whole grains, it's bad. So the bad, not even close, it's not even close. So the, the bad rap here is this man, don't eat processed carbohydrates because they're, they're horrible. And we're, we're talking, I mean, dude, even breads these days, even if you're getting whole wheat bread, right? It's still processed. It's not the same as like a, a, a real true multi-grain bread. It's, it's still like loaded in sodium and all this other stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to run through one more thing. A lot of times when foods say diet, right, which we, we've sort of gotten away from a lot of foods that say diet, <clears throat> um, or, or low fat or things of that nature. What that's being replaced with is sugar. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, when we talk about carbohydrates, there's, there's complex carbohydrates and there's simple sugars, right? These simple sugars, if you, if you Google search, right? If you went to like WebMD or, or went to Google and you said, what's the nutritional value of sugar, right? Like, so the one of you guys tell me how, how much vitamin A is in sugar. I'm, uh, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say none. None, right. And how, how much vitamin C is in it? Uh, I, I got to double down on that none. None, right. So th there are zero, there are no zero, none, no nutritional value in sugar whatsoever at all. There's nothing good about it, period. There's, not, there's nothing good about sugar. You, you, if you can find me one good thing about sugar, I will give you a prize because there's not, there's, there's no benefit to sugar. And when you have a lot of sugar, you overwork your pancreas, right? Which is what puts, you know, the insulin out in our body. And we start having issues and becoming diabetics because one, we're obese from too much sugar, but number two, we're overworking our pancreas. 
and our pancreas stops functioning correctly. So then we start going on insulin shots. So sh sugar and white carbs, they're literally the devil. So what we move to now, again, the vertical diet, which I, there are some similarities and I have a ton of respect for, but with the vertical diet, they go with white rice. And I'll tell you what happens when you do whole grains. There is more to digest with whole grains, right? We talked about that because there's more to it. But, but the thing is, we get some bloat from that, from us digesting it, right? So brown grains, there's more to digest and we get a little bit of bloat. So vertical diet goes with white rice because those, those guys, they want to look good too, right? Brown rice, you'll get a little bit of bloat, but man, you're nourishing your body with some really good stuff there. So <clears throat> what, what I do now, this first one's going to throw you guys off. When I write a plan, the first part about the plan that I look at is getting a body filled with nutritional value. People are like, oh, you know, macronutrients, you guys have heard this, right? Macronutrients are the, the division of carbs, proteins, and fats, right? So if you run 20% fat, 40% protein, 40% carb, or 20% protein, 40% fats, 40% uh, protein, you're going to be like, oh, this this will work. My body will just lose weight. Well, that's not really the case. That's not how it works. My main focus, the 100% focus is getting the body functioning correctly, right? With all of your nutritional values, meaning micronutrients, the, the vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, all of your B vitamins, your calcium, magnesium, so on and so forth. Because if you read what these vitamins do, and we won't go through them for the sake of time, these vitamins are vital for your body functioning correctly. And we're talking about, yeah, I mean, for a lifter or your general person, for the function of your heart, you know, vitamin A for your eyes and uh, calcium for your bones. And I mean, there's, there's just so much. So the key here is to, to get your body functioning correctly. So anyways, with that being said, we'll... The first one on the list is multigrain Cheerios, and here's the deal. When I write a nutrition plan, to get someone to 100% iron through natural diet, like with just regular like uh, fresh foods, is really tough. This multigrain cereal, it's called multigrain Cheerios. It's got 100% iron, and there's also like uh, shredded wheats and stuff like that. My wife, when she was pregnant with our first child, her, her iron levels were super low, like super low. And uh, they were like, you're going to have to go on like a crazy iron supplement, right? And I was like, eh, no, we're not. Because I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of taking um, a vitamin because they're, if you look at the date on a multivitamin, just take a peek at what they say. What are going to say? 2022, right? They last for a year, two years, three years. Yeah, it's all preservatives, yeah, man. You're not telling me that you're going to pop a bill for a, a pill for a multivitamin and go eat a Big Mac and have your nutritional values for the day. It doesn't work like that. So, um, I put her on this this multigrain Cheerios. Right? She went from being below the iron level count to above it in like four weeks. So, and we we you know before we did play around with some other foods to try to figure out, but this is multigrain cereal, fortified cereal. I know people talk about cereals and there's blah 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 in it, whatever. It's phenomenal. Uh, so going down the list, man, plain or raw oatmeal, uh, pre preferably a whole grain or a brown, beans of any kind, not canned. Canned foods loaded in sodium, loaded in preservatives because they last on 2025, right? Um, <clears throat> 
potatoes, man, sweet potatoes, preferably. They're they're loaded up with potassium, like we talked about, which is great for the heart. Red potatoes, they might be a little bit more starchy, but they're uh, they're still good for you. Um, quinoa, you know, a, a, re a really great whole grain. And so these carbs, man. So let me say a couple things about carbs. That is our fuel source. And if somebody wants to fight with me over this, they can. Now, I'm not saying we need to be running 40 to 50% carbohydrates, right? We, that's, if you're, if you're an endurance athlete, you, you, you may need that. But it's the main source of like fuel that our body burns. And they can say, you know, we've got this Atkins diet and this, uh, it, it's just these diets that are like no carbs, no carbs, no carbs, no carbs. It's already proving to be wrong. Just like in, because I, I know people say with an adaptation phase, you can run keto and be fine, but your body's always going to perform, uh, prefer glucose over anything. If there's both available, it's going to take the glucose first. Absolutely. Yeah, you're 100% right. That dude, that's spot on. So the key here is, but also what carbs do is they act as an insulin for the protein as well. So you can absorb more protein and, and, and you can look this up. You can absorb more, more protein by um, having having a, uh, a nice balanced amount of carbohydrates. Now, again, I am not saying that we want to go out and have 200 grams of carbohydrates for lunch because that doesn't make any sense. But what I'm saying is if we balance our meals with good fats, good, clean carbohydrates and some really good absorbent proteins, our bodies are going to function like you wouldn't believe. But the most important, these these vegetables, man, this is what we miss. Do you, do you know what's crazy is that we use this word superfood, right? You guys have you guys have heard this term we use. Oh, it's a great marketing term. Great. Ch check this out. Do you know what a superfood is? A superfood is a, a food that we're supposed to eat every day but they have to call it a superfood because the millennials won't eat it unless they feel like they're superman because of it <laughs> it but guys it's so true like they're like oh avocado is a superfood and salmon's a superfood and broccoli is a superfood and spinach is a superfood check it out this is what these foods are these foods are loaded with nutritional values that we need to function and so if, if we dig into some, now this is just a list of some vegetables. And I mean, we, we can, you know, if anybody after wants to look at what, what they're giving us for benefit, carrots, broccoli, spinach, cucumber, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, zucchini, squash, onions, peppers, garlic. I mean, you can go down the list. Listen, if this food, if a food grows in the ground, it's going to be pretty damn good for you. And, you know, there are some arguments about the fruits. And if you eat an apple, there's a lot of sugar on it. And, you know, cherries are, are high on the glycemic index and so on and so forth. So, you know, fruits, fruits are a different monster. But when we're talking about vegetables. If you are not eating at least three different vegetables a day, seven different servings. Now, that does sound like a lot, but a servings of vegetables isn't huge. So let's just say, you know, you have a, <clears throat> a half a cup or so of carrots and you have two cups of broccoli and three cups of spinach, you know, you're looking at probably, you know, five servings right there, right? That's not that difficult. I mean, it's pretty much like eating one salad a day. Your body will function so much better because you're not going to get it through a multivitamin. It's just not going to happen. So, 
you know, to me, the, the number one most important thing before we can focus on like these uh, these macros, right? This percent of pro- carbs, protein, or whatever. I mean, some of these diets are like, hey, man, if you eat 10% carbs, right? Like like 50 to 100 grams of carbs, and you, the, the rest you just fill in with fat and protein, you'll lose weight and you'll feel great. <laughs> I'm like, so can you please break this down how we're getting nutritional value through this? So when a, when a female gets pregnant with, with our children, right? What's the first thing a doctor puts them on? Do you guys know? Uh, prenatal vitamin? Absolutely, 100%. And, and wh- why would that be the most important thing to give to a, a, you know, a, a female who is about to have a child? Because the baby's developing. You, know, you have like birth defects that we know are caused by vitamin uh, deficiencies. You're 100% right, and that's 100% right. So why the heck is lifter, power lifters, athletes, and all this stuff, would we just focus on the – the macronutrients rather than the micronutrients. Because if the first thing a doctor says to a woman who's going to give birth to a child is we really need to put you on a prenatal because you're malnutrition, they don't say to them, hey, you really need to do, uh, you know, 30% carbs, 30% fat, 30% protein. That's not their first focus. Their focus later on might be, hey, you know what, before you get really deep into this pregnancy, for, for the, the sake of giving childbirth, you might want to slowly lose 20 to 30 pounds and exercise a little bit to get your body healthy and functioning correctly so you can have a child and have a great recovery, so on and so forth. Um, and, and the last piece here, when you put all of this stuff together, now you can list pick or, or you can get real deep into this thing. There are 3,500 calories in a pound, right? So... If you are eating now metabolisms and and how much uh, physical activity we do and and how much muscle mass in our body plays a role in this, right? But statistically, there are 3,500 calories in a pound, right? And if you eat or consume or burn, you know, 3,500 calories. So let me break this down for you. If you cut back 500 calories a day or exercised, right? If you're looking to lose weight. 500 calories a day, you would lose one pound a week. Right. And, and this, this could be modified again, based on, you know, uh, but that thyroid could play a role in this. And again, muscle mass. In the right. But if you, if you can, if, if, if you, so if we, the first thing here, we focus on getting yourself, your, your body nutritionally stable. And then we would, then after you're getting all those nutritional values through diet, through your food, then we focus on your, your macros, right? Which is those the, putting you in a percentile of, of the, the fats, proteins, and carbs. And then we zero that in with a calorie count. Like if, if you're digging really deep into this thing, right? So the perfect diet is getting all of your nutritional values, like hitting all of those bad boys through, through food. And it is possible getting your, your macros then set based on your body, which could be a couple different percentages. Everybody is different. We do have to play with those and then getting your calorie count set and then adjusting based on how we feel and how we look, whatever. But I mean, (laughs) based on everything I've read, which has been legitimately hundreds of books and hours and hours and hours and hours on stuff that's actually been studied, not just some crazy fad diet out of the blue. Uh, it's, it worked really well for a lot of people. And, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm standing here, you know, saying the same thing. But um, 
lastly, I'm going to talk about a couple of things and I know, I know I'm going a little long here, but, uh, we, we can get into supplements in a little so bit, good, but I don't think dude, a lot of people know if somebody wants to just be healthier, if they just cut this stuff from their diet, right. If they were just mindful of not doing these things, right. So number one, sugar, take out candy, take out soda, take out pastries, take out a lot of fruits and fruit juices is the devil. Sodium, pizza, canned foods, frozen foods, um, like such as spaghetti sauce, potato chips, Chinese food, soups, things like that. All that, all that processed sodium stuff, white carbs, which be a white pasta, white bread, white cereals, and so on. And bad fats, fried food, <laughs> butters, uh, you know, anything that's got like the lard or, or, or all of that junk in it. And people are going to call me crazy. And I have tons. So I'm the, uh, I'm what they call an area sales manager for Verizon. I have six Verizon stores. They're building a seventh one for me. I have 40 to 50 people who work, uh, work on my sales team, just a great bunch of people. And they also find themselves in like this really weird diet thing. And I know that they're millennials and not really able to get. So, so we just focus on like, Hey man, like, let's just get rid of some of this, the, a crazy one. And I challenge everyone to try it. Everyone to try it is take coffee and slowly pull it out of your diet. You can't do a cold Turkey cause it'll kill you. These sports drinks, pre-workouts, coffee, all of this caffeine. Let me, let me explain it to you really quickly. Right? So what we talk about is getting your body functioning correctly. What I what, what I mean when I say that is we want to take stress off of our body so we can focusing on developing it and strengthening it and recovering from workouts and, and or, or just being a normal person. I mean, listen, if somebody's a mother of four, like my wife, she needs to be eating clean because her head needs to be in the game. You should be at my house when we get our kids ready in the morning. It's a task on its own. Um coffee and the, these high and man anybody can fight with me on this i am not wrong coffee and these really high caffeine now if you have a cup of coffee in the morning that's fine right somebody who's drinking four monsters a day or five cups of coffee and all of this stuff let me tell you what coffee does coffee is a vasodilator you can look this up wherever you want what that means a vasodilator restrictor i'm sorry what that means is when you get a lot of caffeine in your bottom and your body, your blood vessels tighten up, your brain goes into like this quick motion, which is, which is, they say is good, right? Cause you, you can think a little sharper and stuff, but it puts stress on your body during that time, right? You guys know the crash after you have a couple cups of coffee and then you come off of it and you crash. The reason is, is because your body is so stressed from it. Now, let me tell you about something else. A cup of green tea. It has a third the amount of caffeine as coffee does. So you can actually drink more of it, but here's what it does. That's a vasodilator. What green tea does is it relaxes you, but gives you energy at the same time. And it's loaded with antioxidants. These sports drinks and all of this stuff going on there, man. I see kids, adults, they are pounding these things all the time. And the more they drink them, the more they need them because they're crashing when they're done. I've got multiple people on my sales teams that I've seen an increase in performance on, on the sales floor. We're talking about like almost doubling their numbers, sales numbers, because they stopped drinking coffee and these energy drinks and high levels of coffee again, and these energy, and they switch to green tea because they're more relaxed 
and they have sustained energy for a longer period of time and they don't crash. So while we're on the subject of coffee, I just want to ask, do you think the benefits of green tea come from the polyphenols in the green tea itself? I think yeah, yeah, yes. And there's, there's, <laughs> there's a ton of benefits coming from like multiple sources of, of the green tea. Right. And I don't, I mean, chemically breaking it down, I don't know exactly what is doing what, right? But yeah, sometimes it's just like the combination that is a real beneficial part. So absolutely. So whatever it is, it's basically a perfect makeup where you're getting the energy and everything you need without a crash. And we have, there's just nothing, there's nothing outside of it where, you know, there, there isn't a negative, there really isn't a negative to drinking too much green tea. Like, you know, you never, I've never heard someone since I've been doing this go, man, I drank too much green tea today. I don't feel good. <laughs> like not at all. Now, if you do drink it on an empty stomach, you will get nauseous, but that's just because it's a you know, it's hard on the stomach and build a little more acid, but, um, yeah, but you know, people who drink a lot of coffee, we're talking about like, crazy acid reflux and you know the shakes if they don't have it you don't you don't get that same uh you don't get that same effect now for um you know people that drink tea regularly does it have to be green tea or can you get benefits out of some other type of tea Okay. Um, so you covered a very extensive list, um, fats, carbs, proteins, and I think we all have a good idea of what to cut out, what to add in. Um, and, you know, to pretty much sum that all up, it's not just macros, but everything that you're listing is all very micronutrient dense. And, and that's what you're saying has uh, an extreme value to you uh, and your performance is those micronutrients and, and what is actually in what you're eating, not just trying to get macros. Because like you said, sugars could contribute to your carbs, but they are in fact the devil and they will not do anything for you um, in terms of micronutrient value. Um, so I remember when, when we were uh, working together, what I liked is that the first step before anything you know, we went over this list and we didn't discuss macros. We didn't discuss you know, any of that stuff. We just focused on eliminating the poor things I was eating and then just focusing on this new list and picking out too what foods that I like to eat, um, you know, and, and, and not being forced to eat something that I don't enjoy, but uh, finding those variations and, and really working with that list and getting comfortable with that list and, and uh that's what I really liked off the bat on uh, how you worked that and I wanted to ask you uh for a lifter who this this is all new to them um and you know could be a little bit overwhelming if you're hearing all this stuff for the first time and have no idea about anything um but where would you start would you kind of take that approach to it's just 
give them the list, give them a little information on it, and then just have them clean things up slowly. Yeah, and I, I think the, the reason we fail at things is because we try to do too much at once, right? And I never put anyone in a situation, and that's why with you, you were like, man, I don't know if I have the time to do like a written meal plan where I have to eat this, 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 and this. So for you and I, it was like, you know, let's, let's just um, let, let's cut back on some of this other stuff you're eating. And, and the list that I have is so large that, you know, I'll send a list to somebody I'm writing a plan for and I'll say, hey, listen, um, is there anything on this list you really refuse to eat? And if they say, yeah, I'm like, let's try to find some replacements. There are some cases where there isn't a replacement. I'm like, listen, you sort of either need to miss out on this and, and do it with a, a vitamin, which I don't like, or you kind of need to suck it up a little bit. But there's options for everyone. And the best tips would be start with one thing first and then slowly work your way into some other stuff. You know, if you've been an athlete and you've been dieting for a while and you can jump into a meal plan and prep and all that stuff, awesome. Like, Go right to it. But if it, if it's your first time, start with just, I mean, the most important one, start with cutting that sugar up, you know, and, and get, get that, get that sugar out of your, out of your system and then feel the benefits of it, you know, and which part of your diet is doing what. And, and then, you know, start cutting out some of these nasty carbs and then cut out these nasty fats and pull out all of this caffeine that we're doing. And by the time we know it, after, you know, an ex sustained period of time, if you go a couple weeks without eating all this garbage, when you do eat it, it makes you sick. And it shows you how bad it really is for you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, could feel that firsthand. You know, if you are, you, even if you are used to a shit diet, um, you know, you're not going to feel good at all. But um, once you clean it up, and then you eat something bad, you do realize how much, you know, that was affecting you. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. So it's just like in training when, you know, I'm working with a lifter and uh, total beginning stages and, and the cues that you could give them can be so overwhelming, just like the food list, the same thing. And, um, you know, the beginning stages, I'm just like, hey, there's a lot to digest, but let's just focus on very beginning stages, focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, it's just like in training, you can overwhelm yourself with just so much information um, before you actually learn just the basics of it. So uh, it sounds like the exact same approach you take with training um, regarding nutrition. Just cut out those poor things for you and, and take it little by little. I mean, that was uh, we didn't check in until the week was over. Um, like you checked in throughout the, the week with me, but like at the end of the week, it was like, hey, how'd you do with the, the list and, you know, I was showing you the things I was buying and telling you how I felt each day and um, just beginning baby steps to making the big change. I think a lot of people just want to jump right in and, and develop macros and do all these, these crazy things and go at it full bore, which, which is a good attitude, but it's, it's very hard to yield results that way. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right, man. Slow and steady and uh, just, just seeing gradual improvements. Every, everybody wants to be key man of the day and, and just get into it. But you know, the key is just take it slow and take it one step at a time. Uh, you know, f fix, fix and tweak a few things here and there. And then before you know it, you can move on to the next step. And, you know, uh, by the time you're done, all of a sudden, you know, you feel great. Maybe you have a six pack or maybe you're benching, you know, 30 or 40 pounds on what you were doing before. Yeah. Uh, so meal prepping. Now this is something that, um, 
I, I noticed a huge difference for myself. So I had an easy time sticking to these foods. Uh, in fact, I've, I found it actually very enjoyable um, when I actually took the time to prep each meal out because all these foods require us to do some sort of cooking. Uh, you're not eating raw chicken breast. So you're going to have to have a time set aside to cook these foods. And, you know, we all live very busy lives. So that can be uh, difficult sometimes. But uh, when I took the approach of setting a Sunday afternoon, you know, aside just to cook food uh, and prep things until like Wednesday uh, versus, all right, I'm just going to cook lunches each day and make enough for the rest of the day. That never ends up working out because then you don't have like a meal for the afternoon when you need it. And then you're like, oh, well, shit, now I need to eat something. So you go and buy something that's, um, you know, garbage, like a like Burger King or something. But um, if you take the time, set aside the time to just bulk cook up a bunch of meals. And I got that bite, the big rice cooker, uh, would grill up a bunch of meat. And very easy to slap everything together. And then you're golden until midweek. And then you just do it again. And it's a really consistent routine. But I found that that was absolutely pivotal for me. Um, I couldn't just go on the fly. And I'm sure a lot of people are like that. But do you have some specific uh, meal prep tips that you give anyone? Nick, you, you got me smiling over here, man. Uh, it, that's it, it's it's so cool. Uh, you, well, number number one, you're you're really smart, man. You know, and uh, you're you're as accurate as it could be. So the, the deal with this stuff is, but but for starters, you know, I think pretty much all of us have some sort of either financial issues or you know some sort of financial issue is going to come up or we're not where where we want to be. The meal prepping saves you a ton of money too, um, and time, right? So it's impossible. You know, you can maybe get close if you're really good and you have a good knowledge of, of what you should be eating. But if you're trying to do it on the fly, you can't. So similar to you, I, I, prep, uh, I prep Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, so Sunday is my cheat day. So when, when I prep Wednesday, I prep for, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday I cheat. I prep Sunday for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And basically, I mean, if, if you're a beginner, if you take uh, a whole grain carb, a good fat and a protein, buy yourself some meal prep meal uh, containers on Amazon for a few bucks, you know, make as you know, a bunch of rice, rice is cheap, hell make a whole box. And if you know, you have to throw some away, it's a little bit of rice, you know, um, and, and cook up meats for a few for a few days, different meats, uh, and uh, put, put it all together and you throw it in the refrigerator, and you just grab these containers, you know, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna eat these three meals today, or these four meals today, you know, typically for me, I, I eat breakfast at home, and I eat dinner at home, and I bring three meals with me. And, uh, man, it's phenomenal. But while everybody else at work is like, Hey, what am I going to eat today? And, uh, what am I going to go grab? And they're, they're ordering pizza. And then, you know, they're in between for me, I, I throw in the microwave for 12 seconds <laughs> and, uh, pull it out. I eat and I'm like, Oh, I'm done. And it's, uh, it's getting, getting meal prep done though. If, if you're trying to do any healthy lifestyle change, if you're not meal prepping, it's not really going to work out. And, 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 you're, 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 you're a super smart guy again, man, because you, you know, you figured that out and it takes people a long time to, to really get it, you know? And, uh, 
But uh, again, like I said, the, the cheat days are, are cheat days or meals are important too, you know, to give yourself a little bit of break. Uh, so for me, Sunday, I eat whatever I want. I don't even think about it. I mean, if I had a whole pizza or whatever Monday, because that night I prep Monday, I go right back to it, you know, but, um, yeah, the meal prepping is it's huge and it's, it's fun. Like you said, and it's, it's really easy. Like, it, you know, and you might screw up a meal, right. Or something, but, uh, again, you save money, you save time and, uh, it's fun. And, and, and as you do more of it and you see the results, it, it's just exciting to go in and prep everything, you know? Yeah. I actually did enjoy, you know, firing up the grill and just throwing a bunch of meat out there. And then it makes for a really good pick too. So you look cool on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, uh, it sure does, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't know if you, you follow the rock. I'm sure you do. I heard, I'm sure you heard of the rock before. Yeah, I, if I could change places with one person in this world, it would be The Rock. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Um, but he uh, he has some really big-ass cheat meals. I don't know if you've ever seen his Instagram, but it seems like every time I'm on the, I come across The Rock's Instagram, big old sushi boat or something. It's a Sunday, too, I think, for him. Uh, he cooks this big-ass tray of cookies. Uh <laughs> And man, I I still don't understand how he can devour that. He's a huge plate of cookies. It's it's um, insane. That, it's that guy's on a whole different level. Yeah, and you can and guys too. Like a, a tip for some some out there. Listen, if you know you're going to a dinner on a Wednesday night, right? Then Sunday you stick to your plan, and then you know because again, some people depending on what you're looking to do, you can do a cheat meal, you can do a cheat day. Some people, if they're on a clean diet for a while, they'll do a cheat week. If you know you're going to dinner Wednesday night, then you save that day for your cheat day or save that meal for your cheat meal. So you don't have to, you know, because sometimes it is hard to go out to eat and have, you know, a really clean meal going to Applebee's or the 99, right? So, um, you know, it's it's also, you, you can play around with some of that stuff too. And, you know, you, you there's always ways to figure it out though. You know, if, if you, if you're, you know, if you pay attention to what you're doing and, and plan pretty well. You can have your meal prep meals and your cheat day, and, and you can live one hell of a happy life, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that's where most people have trouble, too, is they don't allow themselves to have that variation. Like if, if Sunday comes around and, and you're busy, you know, God forbid you're going out to a picnic or something, you can't meal prep, there goes your Monday, there goes your Tuesday, you start developing bad habits. Um, but if you know what you're doing ahead of time, uh, you know, like you said, switch your cheat day. Or switch your prep day. Um, you know, you just got to account for that ahead of time and plan a little bit in the future. Uh, and it really shouldn't catch you off guard. But I know that has definitely um, stumbled me up a bit. And it quickly snowballs, too, if you're not on top of it. Um, so say, you know, I, I miss my Sunday. I don't really get a chance to meal prep. I'm out, so I'm traveling. Uh, I come back on Monday. You know, if, if I didn't plan a time at all to really get after it or get food, and everything can quickly unravel on you. So you just got to be a little bit mindful of that and, and plan ahead. But it's really easy to make those little variations to uh, stay on track. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're you're spot on again, man. It's 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 cool to listen to you, you know, because uh, you know, the reason I, I keep saying you're a smart guy is because, you know, we, we had one initial conversation for like an hour and then, uh, you know, a couple follow-ups and, and you really ran with it, man. And you know, you really uh, credit to you for the most part, you figured it out on your own, you know, and uh, really, really, really impressive to hear 
you know, that you, you had the process figured out with really even not being, having to be coached on it or told anything, you know, you, you just ran with it. And uh, it shows that it's really not that hard to do. You know, you just, you just have to do it. Yeah. And I got to admit, um, you know, back in the day uh, when I was really getting serious about lifting, I was into the whole bodybuilding realm. And so this is where I got a lot of initial, um, you know, um, education and nutrition and stuff because bodybuilding is a large part nutrition. Um, so I was the type of guy, I got so hardcore into it at first that uh, I would skip going out with my friends just to eat a can of tuna and, you know, and have my vegetables at night. Uh, so I, it wasn't my first rodeo, like getting used to this stuff again. But I think a lot of what people need more than anything is just to be held accountable. And I think that's you know, a big reason why people will seek me out as well for coaching. Um, it's just you need someone to hold you accountable um, and, and just to, to rely on yourself sometimes uh, is not a, enough because, you know, you'll, you'll be like, all right, well, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do this then. And, um, things kind of snowball on you. But if you have someone to correct you when you're a little off path and, and give it to you straight, you know, I think that's a huge aspect of, of any coaching. Yeah, man, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're definitely right. And, you know, eventually when you get into it, you can really just hold yourself accountable, you know, and, and your, your body will hold you accountable too, because, you become obsessed with the, the the same reason we go to the gym, right? Like we don't kill ourselves at the gym just because we we just love going to the gym. It's the feeling you get after. And the same thing with nutrition, man. When you're firing on all cylinders and you feel great and you have more energy and everything's running well, you love that feeling, you know, and you want to keep doing it. So when you start getting into it, it just progresses into this, you know, this freight train that just keeps moving forward. Yeah, I, I definitely know that feeling. The more that you stick with it, it's harder and harder to go back to eating that shitty food. Um, I have not had, honestly, a BK since before uh, we were working together. Um, and then everyone would know, uh, especially at the gym, they see me with my little coupon book that they send in the mail of all these little BK coupons. And, uh, you know, I'd have it like a little, little pamphlet, and I'd go over there and get a bunch of shit. But um, I haven't even felt the need to go to any of those fast food places um, totally avoid Dunkin' Donuts because, you know, I'll still have a coffee, um, but I will not have Dunkin' because I would notice, because I think probably the syrup they put in it, but I would notice every time it actually made me sleepier than it actually picked me up any bit. So, um, I haven't had Dunkin' since January. Uh, I've really eliminated some, some things that, uh, you know, I know weren't helping me like deli sandwiches as much as I love that New York deli sandwiches. Um, I noticed after eating them for some reason, I still, I'm sure it's the bread and all that, but, um, totally would knock me out. Like I would just feel drowsy after and I've eliminated that stuff as well. Yeah. So the, the, the nitrates and the cold cuts, uh, mixed along in the, in the sodium kind, all, all the nastiness in those cold cold cuts, man, because they're processed. So that with those those simple carbs and the bread, that that's why. And uh, uh, it would put me to sleep. And I have a bagel with with eggs and a sausage, and those kind of breakfast sandwiches would knock me out. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It shows your body needs to rest because you're 
you're, you again, you're putting stress on your body when you're eating that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so to step away a little bit from nutrition, because we gained so much great knowledge for you, and I, and I appreciate you sharing all that. I'm sure a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing this. Um, so you also uh, train with the Gorilla Pack, and um, I'm sure a lot of you have known each other for a long time, and you all uh, train uh, pretty much up there at Rich's place, and I was able to make it down uh, well, a couple months now ago to train with you guys, and I just miss that type of environment. You all get together. Uh, he's got that big old, I don't know what you call it, a barn in his backyard. Uh, great setup in there. Got the competition bench, bunch of power racks and stuff. Um, and you guys just get after it. And it's just one of those awesome environments for, for powerlifting. And so much for powerlifting, you, you really just need a team. As much as, as individual you doing your thing on the platform, you really need a team. Because um, it's, it's tough to put yourself through this. And I don't know how, like, people like Ray Williams can train alone and do what they do by themselves. Um, cause I remember being there. I still, I hit my PR 765 to the one board. Uh, cause I remember Mike, uh, he was, we were, uh, I was just taking 685 uh, a few times to different one boards. I was trying out a lot of shirts that you guys had. And, um, I remember Mike, uh, was like, oh, do one more. And he, uh, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And he was like, Oh come on, you pussy! Yes, and I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, all right, we're throwing it on the bar, and I didn't know what the hell they threw on the bar. It was just a bunch of plates. I was like, what's this weight? He was like, don't worry about it. I, I laid down there, um, and I had I think Rich's overkill. He did a thousand in, and man, that thing really bit in the triceps. But um, took that down to the one board popped right up and I asked after he said 765 I was like shit that's a 15 pound PR for me <laughs> but you know it's environments like that that you really need push you to the next level it's so awesome that um, you guys you, you bond so well and um, you've been doing it for so long together we're uh i'll tell you man the, the only word that comes to mind when you talk about that group is family i mean I, i've known rich and been lifting with him on and off, uh, you know, for like 17 years or so. I, I lived in Rhode Island. I, I met him when I lived in Rhode Island. Uh, and then I moved back to New York and it's it's crazy. So uh, I live like a half a mile from Kelly Duffy and I live like two miles from Rich. And what's crazy is that I have a gym in my basement. I was training on my own and I went to Worlds and Rich and Kelly were there. And that's when we hooked up again and started training together, you know, going back a couple years ago. Um, the, the, our kids play together, man. We go to dinner together. We're doing a Thanksgiving together uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, our, our, you know, our kids have events and stuff together. Like, you know, David does out, my, my uh, son, David does Odyssey the Mine with, with Kelly's kids and, and Rich and Jean's kids. And um, we, trick-or-treated together and we go to the movies together i mean we just it's it's more than just powerlifting for us man and that's what makes it great is because the culture in that gym and with that group it's just incredible and, and what's even more incredible out of you know the 20 or 21 people going to lift on the rogue stage along with you uh we, we've got seven of them out of our group yeah i was actually gonna bring that up um because i thought that was a really cool statistic 
Um, as you see, I mean, there's, there's lifters everywhere around the country and a lot of them don't have that type of setup you guys got in that whole family aspect. But I mean, that statistic right there will show you how important that can be, um, towards your success. Everyone just pushing each other to the next level. Um, that's really awesome stuff that, you know, you're bringing seven people up to that stage. Um, and you're all just training in that little barn house in the back there. Um, that's, that's really cool when you, when you think about it. Yeah. They're just, they're just a great group, man. And I, I don't know, I don't know what my life would be without them. And for a long time I had people who were quote unquote friends, but the, these guys are like the best friends anyone could ever ask for, you know, and they, they welcome anyone to the gym, you know, whether if they're, uh, they're benching 90 pounds or 700 pounds or squatting 20 pounds or 900 pounds. They just, everybody's welcome. And, and we, we, you know, welcome everyone with open arms, just like when you came out and uh, it's just, uh, it's an incredible group to be a part of. I mean, I can't speak enough or highly enough about, about everyone in the gym and, and, you know, not, not just the bigger lifters either. You know, it's uh, some of our lifters who, who aren't um, quite built up to that level yet they still are such a huge part of the culture. Yeah, and, and when you get them there, too, it's, uh, everyone makes crazy improvement. I mean, Mike, uh, he told me he, like, just started lifting again, like, last year or something, and now all of a sudden he's on the, the main stage. He's benching. I saw him crush 660, um, you know, and in Ohio. And I'm like, where the hell that come from? I don't even remember him hitting 500, <laughs> you know? So uh, just everyone making great, great progress. Um, and just a testament to you guys just – you know, great training environment, a bunch of knowledgeable guys, and it just uh, just passes on. Everyone gets better as a result. And believe it, believe it or not, man. Uh, you know, uh, mo- most people don't believe this, but ninety nine point nine percent of our group is clean. We don't, dude. We don't. We don't do anything, man. Yeah, which is um, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. That you know, the amount yeah. of uh, weight that you guys are, are moving, and um, it's it's really testament to. Uh, you know, you guys training together and, and whatever. You know, I don't even know like what you guys do for programming, but I tell you, just you know, Mike saying just throw the weight on pussy, you know, just things like that. You know, that's 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 really what what pushes you to the next level, and that's that's crazy, awesome. So Mike is crazy. Um, <laughs> so sometimes, uh, sometimes I have to be like, Mike, listen, you, you need to chill. He'll be like, throw eight hundred pounds on the bar for me. I'm going for it. I'm like, no, no, man, let's uh, let's pull up, let's pull one hundred and fifty yeah. off, and uh, go go ahead and try and six fifty. But again, it's part of the culture. Like you need that, yeah, you know. You need that. Um, I know, Rich. Uh, I just got like a couple new shirts, and, and Rich uh, uh, messaged me on Facebook. I'll never forget. He was just like, "Don't be afraid to wait. Just throw it on." And every time I was in training, I was like, "All right, we'll just keep throwing some weight on here." I actually, um, and I probably had no business touching that time. I threw on eight hundred pounds because I was just like, "F it, feeling good off the boards." Um, and I just rode that. I rode that thing down quick. <laughs> I probably had no business taking it, but I wasn't afraid of it. And I think that was the biggest thing for me that training cycle. And when I got into the next meet, um, hit that seven ten with you guys up upstate at dave's meet um is because 710 is nothing after you had 800 pounds in your hand but you have to have the courage to actually do that type of thing um and trust in your spotters and all that so um you know you guys definitely fearless and um you know you need those different personalities to push you uh it's a really good group there 
uh, and yeah, well with yourself. Man. Now, uh, you know how how long you been training with them? You said a couple of years. You know, man, it's it's been on and off. So, like I said, I uh, I lived in Rhode Island for four years, and I used to come up like twice a month to lift with the Gorilla Pack. Um, I got into doing triathlons for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, just to give myself a little bit of a break, obviously powerlifting is tough on the joints. And also I have four children, so we're, you know, uh, having a family. Um, and, uh, and then we got reconnected. So I've been back with them for two years, but I mean, basically on and off, you know, I've been lifting with Richie, uh, man, it's been like 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, you guys all know each other, uh, very well, been, uh, been training together for a while. Uh, and I know. For yourself too, um, you had that big goal of making the the main stage Arnold Bench Bash there. Um, I remember, I think only Rich, Rich and Kelly out of your group, uh, out of your group, was on the stage last year. Is that correct? Just, just Rich. Yeah, just Rich last year. Kel- Kelly and I did full power over at the uh, at the Road Center last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, that's actually going to be in the Columbus Center, yes, uh, Convention Center this year. That's big news. Yes, sir. Um, and now you're doing the main stage bench bash. Um, you know, we all went down to Ohio to qualify for that. That was awesome. Uh, should be a really good show. Uh, it's going to be last man standing. Uh, what were you doing the, the middleweights, right? So 220, 242? I'm, I'm going, uh, I'm cutting 198. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be with, be, with the, uh, be with the little guys. It's It's been, my cut has been phenomenal. Uh, I, I couldn't be any happier. You know, I... I put on uh, like 25 pounds because, you know, when we went there, it was 220 and up. Um, yeah, so we didn't. Well, only, 220 and under and then 221 and up. Yeah. So um, when we got done, then he said there's going to be a, a 198 and under. And I was like, uh, okay, so now I'm going to cut that weight that I just put on. And uh, I'm making a real slow cut, uh, you know, a, a pound or two a week. And it's, I, man, I'm gaining strength. It's crazy. And you handled, uh, what was it, 600 plus there? Did you get to the 600s? Yes, sir. S- 640 there. And then uh, four weeks later, uh, I hit 665. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and what's the bar start at for lightweight? Uh, 540. Okay, so you, well, you should have no problem climbing up that ladder. Um, I know you, you were had on one of those new Bench Daddy shirts. Yes, sir. How do you like that thing? You still using it? Yes, sir. Yeah, I like it, man. You know, I, I'm still messing around with the katana. Um, the bench daddy, the, the piece for me is I'm not a low groove bencher. You know, I, I've been bench, I bench raw for a long time. So I hit like sternum uh, and the bench daddy, it, it's, it puts me like right in that spot, which is incredible. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a little easier to touch because it stretches. Yeah. Um, so, if you, you know, if a belly bencher, uh, you know, like Rich, he, he's got to go lower. So he's, you know, he's got to stick with the katana. Uh, but, you know, for me, it, it, work, it works great for me because I bench so high. So it's, you know, it's just my natural groove right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that works out perfect for you. Um, but, I mean, your progress, huge testament to your dieting and, and, you know, how regimented you are with that. And I'm sure you would. Uh, agree that that has had profound effects on your lifting um, as well as the teams 
It's 50% for me, man. I mean, if, if, if I wasn't eating the way I do and, um, I would be, I would not be anywhere near where I am. I'm, t I'm talking about, I would lose a hundred. If I didn't do what I've, been, I've known for the last two years, as far as diet, I, I would, I would be losing a hundred bench, a hundred off my bench. And I'm not, I'm being serious. It's just, um, because again, genetically, I wasn't born with the, like this incredible ability, right. Or strength and, uh the diet is really the difference maker for me yeah yeah just like the story you shared at the beginning um we were talking about your brother and how uh he was a little more genetically gifted and you know, the thing that sets you apart was you're really regimented with your diet and you stuck to it and then you ended up closing that gap off um but it does play a huge huge role um but i think we all gained a lot from you today especially with the foods list. Um, I'm sure you know a lot of people are going to be hearing this and, and making some changes right away, cutting out a lot of sugar. Um, as you said, it's the devil. I don't think anyone wants to deal with the devil. So, uh, you know, we'll be cutting out sugar, uh, meal prepping, and uh, hopefully eating the right way. And, and um, you know, I encourage everyone to uh, reach out. I don't know if this positively influenced you. Um, and definitely reach out to Keith as well. Where, where can we find you? I know you got a website. You're doing some nutrition coaching. Yes, sir. Strengthandnutritionplans.com. Awesome. So um, it's, it's just go to the website. Is there an email we can reach out? What's up, buddy? I'm sorry. Uh, so we want us to go to the, the website. Is there like an email we can reach you at if someone's uh, interested in contacting you? Yeah, yep. And, and my, my email is in uh, strengthandnutritionplans.com. My email is right in there. Or uh, they can email me directly. It's uh, K-E-I-T-H-O-D-E-L-L-132 at gmail.com. Awesome. And I know you're on Instagram. I'm sure if someone wanted to follow you lifting, uh, and your journey to the Arnold stage, where can we find you on Instagram and all that? Uh, my Instagram name, kind of funny. I don't even know what the heck it is. I think it's Odell Keith. At, uh, Odell Keith. Uh, it can't be... Uh, Odell underscore Keith. It can't be any worse than small arm leg strongs over here. <laughs> I still don't know yeah, it's, how he came up with that. Odell underscore Keith <laughs> at, at, uh, on Instagram. Awesome. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, we definitely learned a lot, and um, you know we'll definitely be applying that. So thank you very much. Uh, Nick, I, I appreciate it so much, man. It's always a pleasure uh, talking to you, and uh, that, you know, thank you for having me on, and, and you guys enjoy the day, and uh, good luck with your training and, and you know your diet plan. I appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys, you have been listening to The Benchcast. Hey guys, did you know about our online coaching program? We are helping lifters get stronger all across the world. If our videos helped you, imagine what we can do together with specialized one-on-one -on -one attention. Don't just take it from me. Ask someone like John Ruel, who hit a 30-pound PR on his bench in just six weeks, breaking into the 400-pound club. Or Jack from Australia, who finally hit a long-awaited squat PR after two years of stalled progress. Joan, who's an IPF-represented lifter from South Africa, who is continuing to hit PRs every training cycle, 
and she is at her strongest yet. These are all real success stories that our lifters experience on a regular basis. I want you to be next. Email me today, coachbenbigbenches.com, to get started.